Thank you for joining the Home Church Podcast. For more information about Home Church, visit us at myhomechurch.org. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Bless you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, worship team. Praise you, Lord. Bless you, God. Hey, Willie, would you share that word that you had shared with me about um, just not being content with the two things that the Lord had shared? Yeah. So the Lord uh, spoke to me this week, and he asked me two questions. He said, how bad do you want it? And are you just content with having more than most? Or do you want all that I have for you? And that's just, that's what it is. How bad do we want it? We can have all the Lord that we want. And he really challenged me with that because much of my life, I've had much of him. But there's so much more than just even those we're around. There's so much more to experience of him. And I feel him drawing us in as a people. Are we going to respond to that call? Father, we are not going to be content, Lord, just to have a little bit more than our neighbor. We want everything that you have for us. That we would be filled with the fullness of God. Lord, we thank you for a a challenging atmosphere today. To challenge us to be pushed on to the more that you have for us, Lord. Man, two weeks ago when Pastor Andrew had preached the message about the wisdom of the Greeks and the wisdom of God, man, something just broke off me. I felt like there was a funk on me. And I started to take inventory of how we are continually fed, even in Christian circles, the wisdom of the Greeks. We would rely on the strength of our intellect and our mind, which many times is absent of the power and wisdom of the Lord. And I just felt something rock my world in this past week. I just felt a fresh burning in the spirit. And it's been confirmed by many other people feeling the same thing. And even with the tongues and interpretation, uh, was it last week that you've forgotten my name? Again, that's not just you forgot what his name was. You forgot what he's like. You forgot who he is. I forgot who he is. We could run through motions. We could stay in the box of Christianity like we're doing good. But as soon as we walk away from pursuing him with everything that we have, we've forgotten. Because if we remembered, we would run. If we remembered, we would run after him. And it's just like the enemy to get us caught up in the cares of life and the circumstances that are going on in the world and take our eyes off the Lord and put our eyes on the things of the earth and the things of men. And I feel the Lord is lifting our our gaze 
again. We can't be a house of prayer if our eyes are not on the Lord. This couple of verses have been burning on my heart. Colossians 3, verses 1 through 4. Give you a second to turn there if you want. Bless you, Lord. Colossians 3, verse 1. If you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things that are above, not on things on the earth. For you have died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you will also appear with him in glory. The two words that have been jumping out to me here is seek and set. We are to seek the things that are above where Christ is. And seek means to go until you find. It's to find that which you are looking for. And because he has immeasurable riches and his wisdom is unsearchable, it means it's a never-ending seeking. It means we are continually seeking. And the word set there is to be fixed. Set your mind on things above, not on things on the earth. For you have died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. What that means is you are, if you are in Christ, that means you are with him there. And you have been set there where he is with him. And so when we take our eyes off of him, it's taking our eyes off of the reality that he has brought us into. So we must come into alignment again with what he has purchased for us. To seek him until we find him. Seek me with all of your heart and you will find me. But the condition is all of your heart. (laughs) With everything Set your mind on things above, not on things on the earth. If you're being brought into a swirl of anxiety and fear about what's going on in the world, set your mind on things above, not on things on the earth. If there's anything God needs you to know about what's going on in the earth, it will only come through setting your mind on the things that are above. Not from prying into the things that are going on in the earth. It's time to seek the Lord. I just was reminded this week the Lord was just bringing me back to just my roots growing up. And I remember my, the whole reason why I wanted to be in the ministry was actually my, my wife's uncle used to pastor Shirley Assembly um, for 40 years. I grew up under his preaching. And the thing that made me want to go into the ministry was his prayer life. 
in prayer meetings. My grandma used to bring me to the prayer meetings, and I would, as a little kid, I would crawl up as close as I could to just hear how he spoke to God, how he cried out for the people of God, how he cried out for the move of the Spirit in the midst of the people. And I wanted to do what he did, not so much preach, but to be able to be in a room with the people of God, seeking after the face of God. And the glorious thing is that the Lord brought me to a house of prayer. I was asked when I was going through Bible college, what's your favorite part of church? I said, the prayer meeting. Because it felt like it just made everything, if it was fake, it fell. And God was known. God was experienced. His people touched him, and he touched them. It became real in the prayer meeting. And that's what I wanted. I wanted that. I want to touch you, Lord, and I want you to touch me. I want to speak to you, and I want you to speak to me. I want to encounter you. And I want you to encounter me. The phrase from James, what is your life? (laughs) Keeps ringing through my heart. We set ourselves to pursue so many other things. But what is your life? It's here today. It's gone tomorrow. It's like the grass. It withers and it fades and it's here today and it's gone tomorrow. But there's eternal things. There's eternal realities. One day we're going to stand before the Lord. And the question is not going to be, have you read the latest Christian book? Did you go to church every Sunday? It's, do you know me? Do I know you? We must know him. We can't be content with just dancing around Christian things, Christian ideas, Christian language. It's so easy to adopt language. How you doing? I'm blessed and highly favored. Are you? I hope you are. But let it be real. Let it not be cliche, corny stuff. I hate that. So I can't listen to most Christian radio because it's just. Ugh. I want the real thing. I want the fire of the Holy Ghost. When I asked my. I consider my uncle now, but when I asked him when I was going away to Bible college, give me some advice. I'm going to Missouri. I was so ignorant, I didn't even know if people lived in Missouri. (laughs) What? Give me some advice. I need your advice. And he said, be a man of prayer. And that was it. That was his advice to me. Be a man of prayer. And I have to repent to you. I have not remained a man of prayer like that's my life but it is again 
It is again. And I, and I want to run after that. Lord, even if no one knows my name, I want you to know my name. When we pray in secret, does heaven move at our words? Does hell shake at our words? Or are we just playing games? E.M. Bounds, he said, the reformer that's needed in these days is the reformer of prayer, a praying reformer. Because if God doesn't do it with us, there's nothing. We could stand in the street and yell about all the injustices and all the things that are wrong with the world. But if we're not seeking the face of God, we have no power behind our words. We're not moving anything in the heavenlies, in the realm of the spirit, if we're not in prayer. And so before you begin to complain about the state of the world, have you prayed about the state of the world? Have you sought God to break in with revival and the move of his spirit? to move upon the hearts of men because men can't seek God without the Spirit of God. We want people to act morally that don't have the Spirit of God. <laughs> they need to be moved upon by the Spirit. And there is a place for speaking out against injustice and things that are wrong in the world, but let it be first that you're broken in prayer before the Lord before you lift your voice in the street, before you lift your voice on social media, let your heart burn and break for that which you are passionate about. Let God put his passion in you and his zeal. It was said of Jesus that zeal for the Lord's house consumed him. It must be said of us. Zeal for your house consumes me. Seek the things that are above where Christ is. That means that we're not just seeking God in the sense that we long to know him personally. We do. But there's things, it says here. Seek the things that are above. There's realities that we must come into alignment with. To, if we're going to pray, Lord, you, may your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. The only way we could discern when that's beginning to take place is because we have sought the things that are above. We know that the kingdom breaks in when demonic oppression and possession is broken off of people's lives because there's no demonic oppression and depression there. <laughs> We know that the kingdom is breaking in when bodies are healed because there's no sick bodies there. We need to get full of heavenly realities, of in the heavenly kingdom, because that's what's breaking in. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. It's right here. It's broken in. And we're so consumed with the kingdom of man that we don't know the kingdom of God. 
And the thing that I'm learning is that even the sad thing about most seminaries and Bible colleges is they're also consumed with the kingdom of man and the wisdom of man instead of the kingdom of God. We must be consumed. We need to be a people of one thing. Not, again, not, this isn't Christian verbiage. This is the word of the Lord. One thing have I desired of the Lord. That will I seek after. That I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. Inquire in your temple, beholding the beauty of the Lord. One thing. It'll make you super strange to the world. But not weird for weird's sake. But strange because you're consumed with one thing. When it says in, in uh, I think it's Peter, we're a peculiar people. That doesn't mean weird, just like strange. <laughs> but I'm a little bit strange. You could be a little bit strange. It means one that belongs exclusively to another. So we're peculiar in that. We belong to the Lord exclusively. And that makes us peculiar to the world. The, the phrase, you're so heavenly minded, you're no earthly good, is stupid. <laughs> the only way you could be any earthly good is because you're heavenly minded. And that's not being flaky or untouched with reality. It's set on the kingdom of God, in the rule of God, that his reality must be the reality here. Because just as he has all authority in heaven, he has all authority on earth. So the earth and every knee must bow to the rule of the king. And we must be consumed with this kingdom. This is the kingdom for which we were brought into. You were brought out of the kingdom of darkness and brought into the kingdom of his son. We must know. It's like living in a place and knowing nothing about it. We must get consumed with this zeal for our house. Consume us. Father, fill us with your zeal. The zeal that consumed Christ may consume your church, for we are his body. This was, this was David's zeal. David's zeal to build a house for God. He was sitting in his house and he said, I sit in this beautiful place and the ark of the presence of God is in a tent. Lord, I want to build you a house. And God turns to David and says, no, I'm going to build you a house. And there's going to be a son that sits on your throne forever. When we become heavenly minded, that's when things become lasting. Eternal things begin to come into our life. When we set our mind on the things that are above. God, we desire to build you a house. And he turns and says, I'm going to build you a house. The one that has the desire to build me a house is someone that can be trusted with my house. Can be trusted with my things, with my words. We want to be used by the Spirit of God, we want to be used in prophecy and the gifts of the Spirit. Can we be trusted with the words of God? Or is God only something you think about every once in a while? Or is he the consuming thought of your life? 
I'm not saying there's not other things that you do in life, but is there always this tug on your soul to know him, to be away with him? If not, ask for it. If there was ever a time in your life where you wanted to be with him more than you do right now, ask for him to bring you back to those days. I remember when I was working construction and and I moved on to a desk job. There was, I, I felt so close to the Lord. I would literally run away to be alone just for a moment, just to bless the Lord, just to, oh, Lord, I love you. Wipe the tears away and go back to work. Because I needed him. I felt my desperation for him. I realized how utterly dependent I was for him. Because without him, I become ungodly (laughs) I become mean you get this funk on you like everything sucks and everyone sucks and the only way that thing gets broken off of you is by the presence of God resting upon you so if that's where you're at today come Holy Spirit and knock that thing off of us fill us with joy the reality of your kingdom God Thank you, Lord. I want to stir us up today to be people of prayer. That we're not just a house of prayer. We're individuals that are the temple of the Holy Ghost. And we pursue the Lord in private with potentially even more zeal than we do in public together. If your seeking of the Lord is at its pinnacle when we're in a a room together, but it's nowhere to be found in the private place, that's called being a hypocrite. We need to go after the Lord, not to be seen by men. But when you pray, go into your room and shut the door, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you openly. But don't come into this room having not sought him throughout your week and think that you doing all the right things here will make up for not seeking him there. It's important that we seek him here together as the people of God. We're his body. When we're disjointed, there's a problem. We cut ourselves off from our life source. But it's only fruitful together when we've sought the Lord in private. The reason why God breaks out in the way that he does in power is because there's two or more touching and agreeing and he's bringing about these realities that more than one person is walking in, but we're in agreement in these things. In the, on the day of Pentecost, they were all in one heart, one mind, in unity, going after this one thing. So it's not enough for just the leadership or the ministry leaders or those that are more regularly involved to go after the Lord and be desiring him. Every one of us, if we really want revival, we talk about it a lot. It's kind of this elusive thing. It's out there. Revival starts with your heart being revived, with you being set on fire. Then the corporate 
house gets set on fire. But we're just playing around and joking if we think that we're going to have revival, but we're not seeking God in private. If we want this city to be turned upside down, we must seek heaven. I don't want the angels that are assigned to my life to be bored because they have nothing to do. Psalm 91, he will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all of your ways. There's more. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> There's more. What you think you know, you don't know fully. One day, we will know fully. But right now, we know in part. <laughs> so we must seek him to know more of the part that we know. <laughs> but one day, we will know fully. And we are being given access. We've been given access by the blood of the Lamb to enter into the Holy of Holies. Are we taking advantage of that in the right way? Are we taking advantage of the things that Christ has opened up by the veil of his flesh being torn and the veil of the temple being torn? No more veils. <laughs> no more obstacles. Come in. Go in. Seek him while he may be found. Isaiah 62 says, give him no rest until he makes Jerusalem a praise in the earth. Take no rest and give him no rest until he establishes Jerusalem as a praise in the earth. Until he comes and touches down on the Mount of Olives, <laughs> give him no rest and take no rest until Jerusalem is a praise in the earth. It's a repudiation in the earth right now people hate Israel <laughs> people hate the people of God but one day it will be a praise in the earth because we will look to Mount Zion and see the king of kings and the lord of lords standing with a body ruling from Mount Zion we can't lose this vision this eternal vision of God we're going somewhere and we have to be caught up into the story, caught up into the narrative that we're moving towards something. These temporal trials are not worthy to be compared with the glory that is about to be revealed in us. Set your mind on things above, not on things on the earth. As soon as you feel yourself being consumed with the things of the earth, the doctor's report, the, the, your job status, your, your house status, your life that you don't think is lining up with everything you're supposed to be walking in. Set your mind on things above. Seek the things that are above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Get consumed with Christ on the throne. Get consumed with the king that reigns on high. Get pulled up into the throne room. See him and know him. He can be known. Because God is no respecter of persons, John stepping through the door, the open door, the call to come up here, that is for all of us. It wasn't written there to be like, wow, John, that was great for you. But it stinks for me. 
John was saying, no, because I went, you can go too. <laughs> you can know him. Dreams, visions, encounters, angelic visitations. We can know him. This is not just theory or, wow, that was nice for Bible times. You're in Bible times. <laughs> because he hasn't set foot on Mount Zion we're still in the story he still moves he still comes he still touches he still shakes places with his glory he still moves in with the weight of glory so that the priests cannot minister if that, that happened in the inferior covenant what can happen in the new covenant and is it just on the other side of pursuing God with everything is it just on the other side of saying, Lord, I'm not going to give you rest? Or Jacob saying, I'm not going to let go until you bless me. Jesus said the, the woman that was annoying the judge, right, in the parable, she just kept coming to him, coming to him, coming to him. And the unjust judge was like, oh, my gosh, just take it. Go away. You're annoying me. But he said, your father is not like this. Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. If you, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more, your heavenly Father, give the Holy Spirit to them that ask? Have you asked? Have you sought him out? Have you knocked on the door until that door opens? We need persistence in prayer. We need to push in. We need to press in and say, God, give me endurance. Give me endurance in prayer. You've spoken a word and I haven't seen it. So I'm going to keep bringing it to you, Lord. Lord, you promised that we would have a child. So, Lord, here I am again today. You said that we would have a child and I don't have a child. Lord, you said it and I'm not going to give you rest until I see it. I didn't come up with this idea, Lord. You spoke it. This is it. This is our life. Wear out a, a line in your carpet, pacing back and forth, praying to God. <laughs> Open up the scriptures and hold your word and, and pace and give God no rest until he touches you. Are you desperate enough? <laughs> Are you desperate enough to actually do it? Not just say like, yeah, that's a good idea, but I'm not going to do that. As the people of God, we must seek him until we find him. We're so happy you could join us on the Home Church Podcast. We pray this week's message encourages you to behold the Lord Jesus and bring his kingdom wherever you go. You can visit us online at myhomechurch.org, subscribe to our YouTube channel, or follow us on social media. If you would like to give to this ministry, text the amount to 84321. Bless you.